This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hi, welcome to episode two of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. Episode two is acquiring major donors. There's good news and bad news. I'm your host, Ryan Thomas, Vice President I'm, at Onecity. Oh, sorry about that. I'm Steve Thomas. Just jump the gun. But that's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can at least act another like we, that. Nothing we could do. Uh, we, we have this is the second a, episode. It's okay. Yeah, we we haven't quite afforded a post-production department, so we're going <laughs> to be okay. And for those of you keeping score at home, uh, Onicity is spelled one-i-city, O-N-E-I-C-I-T-Y. Uh, but spell it close and google will through the magic of google take care of the rest and get you close enough and wherever you get your podcasts uh, leave a five star review only five not four not four and a half definitely not three uh, we're not even gonna talk oh, about the other numbers yeah yeah uh, but wherever you get that leave those good reviews and then send awesome feedback maybe a, a, a control C and control V of your awesome five-star review, uh, but any questions, uh, topics you think we ought to do, any of that to the email address podcast at onicity, again, O-N-E-I-C-I-T-Y.com. And if you've been playing, paying close attention, uh, you notice that Steve and I share a last name, which should give the title of the podcast maybe a little more meaning. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little not. funnier of a pun. Yeah, who knows? It may not actually make you care <laughs> any more about it. Uh, the good news is nothing we talk about, none of our, our ideas are uh, contingent upon you thinking that that's a hilarious concept. So yeah, uh, it's all, they'll still work the same way anyway. Yeah, yeah, they don't have, it doesn't matter. And we... We've been, uh, Onesity's been around for more than a decade and uh, we focus on marketing and fundraising for nonprofits. That's what gets us out of bed. And we started this podcast because if you do this work, you know that it doesn't stop. It's not eight to five, five days a week. It, it's all the time and you're in it. And that's what you're thinking, living and breathing. And Steve and I would have these kinds of conversations about things we saw or ideas we had, or here's why we ought to do it this way, or here's why I think we ought to keep doing it this way. Back when in the olden times, you could get together in person <laughs> uh, over food or drink and have those conversations that that's what we would do. And yeah. it was enjoyable. And so we started this podcast to, to give other people a seat at the table. The bad news is since you're not actually with us, we can't make you uh, buy a round of appetizers or split the bill three ways, but That's right. 
This but is the next buying, they're going to buy the blue onion if we have it, right? So that's right. The the next round is on you, listener. <laughs> okay, so you're asking for a five star rating and them to buy the appetizers. That's a bold mm -hmm. ask, I, but that's the way it works. If you don't ask, you're not going to get right. That's so, right. Well, that's and, all good. And we usually we usually record around uh, dinner time where we are. So if you asked me right now, I might trade a five star review for a blooming onion. Oh, nice. A blooming onion. I don't know. Okay, let's not get into that. I yeah, we we can't. You're, we, you're we, young enough. You can get away with having a blooming onion. I I it would put me in a grave if I had a blooming onion. So we're just gonna move along, okay? But what a delicious grave it would be. And <sighs> so the first uh, regular <laughs> segment, aside from appetizer uh, listing and prioritizing, uh, is we call it mail call. It's something we've seen in the wild recently and you probably do this with uh, other people in your department or other people you're associated with of who i saw this have you seen this or show me something like that and uh so uh steve i'll let you go first but this okay. this is something we've actually seen in the wild and encountered and held on to to some extent uh this is a um a plain uh, number 10 envelope that's a standard size envelope window envelope mr steve thomas uh to the to our to the office and i'm holding this up so i want you to see what's in this this piece of direct mail so here we go ready and i'm not trying to disguise who it's from but um so uh, envelope's gone now i have a uh, response device with um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, uh, ask amounts on it. Plus a oh, dollar sign blank. There's a coupon attached to each of those. Then I have the, the reply envelope. Then I have a, but wait, there's more. Oh my gosh. Uh, then it's sort of a little paper ruler thing that is a malnutrition that this this uh, organization uh, deals with international and I believe uh, domestic um, medical stuff. Um, and so this is how to this is a thing they are expecting you to cut and put around your arm. It helps a child help you determine and it's just an illustration. So front and back. Then there is this help us treat malnourished children. Uh, one, two, three, four, it's a fourfold. Then there is a brochure. No, it's just a, it's just a one-sided that shows all their activities, pie charts, then a map, then their, um, when they receive some award, then are my um, address labels. Okay, of which there's a sheet of, uh, I don't know. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon. There's one sheet of address labels. Then there is a notepad, okay, with, with my notes on it. Then at the back is the dear friend letter. Okay, so this is sort of the kitchen sink uh, donor acquisition appeal. And one of the things going on here is just the cramming of a bunch of stuff into an envelope in the hopes, and these guys are very successful. So I, you know, I, you know, when on one hand you can say, well, who are you to criticize? Well, on, uh, I sort of know some of this, 
the reason this works, the law of repre- repre- reciprocity. Thank you. Ah, I practiced this and I still blew it. Sorry. Uh, fix that in post. So I sound Yeah, better. yeah. Well, I'll uh, let the intern fix it in post. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, one of the things happens when you start sending stuff to people is you send them so much stuff. Almost nobody's going to read it all. But because you send all this stuff, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, these guys sent me all this stuff. I'll use the address labels somehow, paying bills, and I'll give a donation. Okay. Two things at work. One, uh, when you send, it is good to have a loaded envelope that's helpful to, to engage a donor. It's helpful to, for them to be involved in things. The problem is when you send so much stuff, it can be overwhelming. And then you train donors to only respond when you send them a bunch of premiums. This, that's what some of this crap is called is premiums where you say, Oh, Hey, I'll send you a tote bag. And, because you asked into the tote bag, you're going to give me 15 bucks. Well, the tote bag only cost me five. So I got 10 bucks. Plus I, you know, so I'm ahead and someday you're going to give me more. Donors who are premium donors who give because you sent them something are never going to be anything but donors who respond when you send them something. They are not primarily driven by either ministry intent or philanthropic intent they're driven by this exchange you had because I lo- backed up the truck and sent ever all of this stuff to you. Now, uh, as an agency guy, this is great work uh, for the agency. It's yeah. probably not as effective as a good letter and only one of the 9,000 pieces that they sent to me. So don't get consumed with sending stuff to a donor. Focus on telling a story and figuring out how the donor can be involved. That's what I got. And the toss over the shoulder. I, I love like that. Just like on TV. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. It's great. Still talk. Okay. You're wait, still tossing. One, one more. All right. But wait, there's it. more. All right. My, the intern, mine doesn't. The, in, the, the intern's going to have to sweep the, that up before, the next, before we tape again. Uh, OSHA will get on us if we don't have, if we don't do that first. Slip, slip and fall hazard. That's right. Mine's not, uh, I don't have nearly that many pages, but uh, two, two things I received, one from, from a, a large organization, you know, Love 146, uh, that pretty much everybody knows. And this letter, uh, just a regular appeal from them, uh, started with a story about his young daughters in their room playing. And, mm. you know, he noticed that they were playing. And so he, he went to the room with the door closed and just knocked on the door. And uh, I said, you know, he, he said, I said, who's in there? And they replied, Oh, it's just us. And then, you know, he unpacks the story and it sort of had something to do with, with their passion about human trafficking, but not really it wasn't exactly it wasn't and then okay i sat down with them and uh we i talked about the issues that uh, women and girls around the world are facing and but it got it made me feel like i know him a little better and it made Mm -hmm. me feel like he's not just a name on a page and not Mm -hmm. this faceless um well i guess i love 146's case not faceless but from another organization who i may not have known as well just a faceless leader uh, signing these letters. And, uh, the other one I got is from a, a more local organization. That's a lot smaller, but started similar. And this is from, 
the end of December and it's to my wife. And so it's, it says, Hey, Sarah, we made it to December. This year was terrible. If it, if yours was anything like mine, and I'm just glad that we only have a few days left of this year. I can't wait to see 2020 go. And that, uh, that engaging and connecting with me on a level that in that case, it's very safe in December of 2020 to assume that whoever's reading that letter <laughs> is also over 2020. 2020 <laughs> sucked for pretty much everybody unless you own a bunch of Amazon stock. So <laughs> it, it was a safe play, but it made me feel like we were friends with her and just sharing our gripes like, I, like I've done with you know our quarantine pod. And again, I felt like I know her better mm -hmm than I did when I opened the letter and it, mm -hmm. I don't care anymore about their mission. I don't care anymore about what they're doing. I, I love their work, but if I feel you know, like it, know her better, but you do care about them, but it, it didn't mm -hmm. make you care more, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 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 I, I already cared whatever level a lot and I still cared same level a lot, but now I know her better. And it was a couple of weeks later when we were doing our end of year giving and I, I don't think it necessarily increased the amount, but I definitely thought about this letter. You didn't forget them either, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. And and when when we were okay, who are we gonna get? Oh, okay, let's let's give to them. I I even made the joke because because she and I had both read the letter. I'm like, ah, because 2020 sucked, and, <laughs> and Sarah laughed, and you know. It stuck in our minds and to have a piece of direct mail stick in your mind for more than two minutes, much less a couple of weeks is phenomenal. And, and good. it goes to connecting the leader, that person who's signing these letters needs to be more than a person. Uh, we'll have a, a huge episode on it, I'm sure at some point, but people give to people is a fundraising, almost a trope, even though it's extremely mm -hmm. true. And it's not just giving to help people, people still give to people who are asking and not to an organization. So is that, was that your little tease for, for leader lensing and, and for a little bit of that coming on a podcast near yeah, you soon? Yeah, in, in, in a future episode, I think in radio, they call that a forward tease. Ooh, uh, I gonna, like that. We're going to have, we're going to talk a lot about that and okay. uh, may have to be a two-parter uh, if you thought any, any of these Others are long. That one will probably be a little long, but it's worth it. It's exciting to talk about uh, getting leaders to jump off the page. Okay, cool. But uh, next, so something you ought to be doing after talking about, okay, this is something we've seen in the wild and people doing, well, that's well and good, but nobody listening is about to be writing their end of 2020 letter because uh, we've already passed that. Uh, most Hopefully. people aren't aren't getting ready to do a, a an eleven piece premium, so well, I you know I'm just saying yeah, you know, be careful. Who knows? Who uh, knows? But but we we always want to make sure that we talk about something that you can do as soon as you're done listening to this episode. Listen all the way through. Don't hit don't hit pause. Don't swipe out of the app when you're done talking about this part. Listen to the whole thing. But once you're done with the whole thing, you can go and act this almost immediately. And this week, I want to talk about or just mention if you're not already including deadlines in mm -hmm. all of your communication, 
um, or all of your communication about giving a gift, you need to be. Some are easy to do. You've got holidays, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, year end. If you're uh, an organization where Easter is a fundraising opportunity, Easter is obviously one. But even outside of those, you can find a deadline if you're doing backpacks uh, or school supplies. First day of school can be a deadline or a few weeks before that to have everything ready in time. But we need to have a deadline and everything because psychology tells us that most of us won't act if there's not a deadline. Even if it's pretty obvious that's fake or made up, if there's okay, just fake, a reason don't, or deadline. Don't say fake, don't say fake, don't say fake. Artificial. Okay. Artificial created uh, a deadline that if you were a little late, it would still be okay, the gift would still make it. Uh, th those kinds of things still have the same effect because it, it gives a sense of urgency to a donor that I have to act now because mm -hmm. in direct mail and email, uh, we have to be getting their attention and keeping their attention in the instant that they're reading it email or, or, or even at an event, an event, you don't want them to go home. No, no. It gives now, I'm, right. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you a minute now I'm going to give you two minutes at this event to think about uh, what you've heard tonight and mm -hmm. consider the amount you're going to give. That deadline can be difficult to think of how to put in, find where to put it, how to balance it against all the other things that you're putting in uh, a communication. But without it, you're sort of on a, on a two-legged stool because you, you may have made a really compelling case to the donor for why they ought to give, but you haven't made a compelling case for why they should give right now and to this communication. Beautiful. So include a deadline, uh, any mental gymnastics or difficulty or brain freeze you get trying to fit that in at first when it feels weird will be worth it on the back end. Yeah. 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 It, it makes a difference. So now we'll get to uh, the meat of the episode. Uh, so I don't, get, I don't get to do one. You can, if you want to. Oh, I got one. You, well, if you've got one, then we definitely need to have you do one. I thought you were just going to weigh in on, Okay, it is, it is, yeah, you can, um, so for those of you listening, he's holding up a Betty Crocker's cookbook, which I mentioned earlier, we pretty much always record these at dinner time. It's the 40th anniversary cookbook. If you didn't, if you didn't believe me that this is dinner time, he's holding a cookbook. <laughs> this is a cookbook okay, that, yeah, I, that apply is this. the, yeah, okay. okay, all right, so this is the, the, the 40th anniversary Betty Crocker copyright 1969 or something like that. Um, nice. This has been in, in, uh, uh, Chris's family for, I, this is not, this has been, Chris has used this for years, but this is what our mother cooked out of. This is what most mothers cooked out of. Okay. Here's what I love about this cookbook. Uh, well, one, the meatloaf recipe that I use, that is the killer meatloaf that I make comes right out of this Betty Crocker cookbook. Here's the thing about cookbooks and fundraising. Here's the commonality. A cookbook tells you exact, a good cookbook tells you exactly what to do, what order, what steps. Now do this, now do that, now do this. The very best cookbooks assume nothing. Okay. What I'm not a great assume nothing. I'm not a great cook, but I enjoy cooking. And so I cook out of a cookbook because I want an expert. And so I follow the, the recipe. 
if you want to talk to donors, here's where I answer your question, your call to action, everything you're going to ask a donor to do at an event, in a fundraising piece, in a, in a, in a, in a direct mail appeal, in a newsletter, in an email on your website, you have to think about, am I giving clear instructions. It fits to your deadline idea that if you don't tell donors exactly what to do, you lead them to their own devices. And yes, they will figure it out. But if you have anything going on where you want them to follow along, you want them to take an action, you must do step-by-step step, far more simple than you think it should, but you should think like a cookbook, think like a recipe. If you're asking a donor to be involved or to fill out anything or to do anything, well, if you're asking them to do anything, think like a cookbook. Step one, step two, step three. Donors won't be insulted. They're too busy. They're not thinking about what you're thinking about. They're, you may have them for a second. So give them the steps, give them the deadline. That's the time to cook. Wow. Okay. And if you want my meatloaf recipe, it's at meatloaf at monicity.com. Okay. Well, now we're going to have to set up that okay. email. Podcast, pod, podcast.com. Just or put just meatloaf in the, in the subject line. Just meatloaf in the subject line. All right. Well, pull, pull, your, pull your cookbook back out. Um, and so just, you know, just look at the table of contents. Okay. And which you've already, you've drawn a comparison between the cookbook and a fundraising appeal. So pick of the table contents of all the recipes in that cookbook, which meal or food item is a major donor? <laughs> oh, that's because, really good. Cause we're talking about acquiring yeah, major okay. donors. So, how, so are we acquiring meatloaf or is this beef bourguignon or whatever? Yeah, it's probably gonna be the bread section because you know bread's a little tricky. You know, cakes and pies, cakes and pies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go with cakes. That and is pies. everybody's favorite part. Cakes and pies. Okay. So what? I'll just start with a question. So why do you want to acquire these cakes and pies? These major donors. <laughs> okay. So why, I, why I, do you why do you want them in the first place? Well, isn't every donor the same? Uh. Okay, so that that's a that's such a a loaded begging the question kind of moment because uh, okay, so so let's just talk about it. a major donor or a upper level donor. A lot of definitions for it. We we usually talk about major donors. Um, that that's someone who gives you give gifts and their impact financially is a is at the top of the, you know, sometimes it's donor pyramid, sometimes it's donor triangle. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of different people. Yeah, so what level metaphors. of giving is, is a major donor? Yeah. It, uh, okay. Great question. Uh, and that's the question that just irritates the heck out of me because so for instance, have, you know, you and I have worked for um, uh, uh, organizations. We've served them who were raising uh, 30 and $40 million a year uh, in, in current giving. And we have worked for organizations, uh, that have been raising less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. So the, so the big organizations, a major donor is going to be a bigger number for either the size of the, of their, their, their average gift or on their total impact, depending on the size of the organization. So it, it's just, well, they're it, not all the same. 
Yeah, yeah, they're not all the same. Well, they're all they're all good people. I mean, I you know they're all nice <laughs> and they all help. But it's it's the people who are the smaller the 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 the, the smaller number of donors who are giving you at at us at a level of significance that you both notice and I guess I'll say and you'd really notice that they didn't give. They're they're the people who were you know. Uh, 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 again, you, you don't want to, on the podcast, we can't put a number on it because a lot of it depends on the size of your organization. But there are, there are, there are a group of people who are giving at a level that is significant to the organization. And they might be your top 100 donors. They might be your top mm-hmm. 50 donors. I, it, it, the, the, there are so many different ways to calculate and to uh, delineate who is who that, that that's not what's important. The important thing is that you decide, here's, here's my donors. I have 100 donors. I have 10,000 donors. I have 100,000 donors. This is the group of donors who have the greatest financial impact. Those are major donors, and 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 they're the people that you decide, or you should decide, that you're going to have a little higher impact. So let's just, let's let's just work with a hundred donors because that lets you do percentages. So say you have a hundred donors, and there are ten percent of the donors who give 40 percent of your total income. That is not unusual. That that's not a strange ratio. I actually had experience with it with a organization that they had one donor who gave them over half of their annual income, one donor, usually in one gift. Okay. Interesting wow. budgeting That's, situation. Yeah. I yeah, would okay. not like to be the CFO or well, the controller or, there. Or as long as you make that donor happy, it's all good and they don't die. You know, I mean, so, so we, uh, the, 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 Without on a podcast or uh, uh, on a video, you can't help someone delineate that. But just understand, it is not the size of the gift; it's the impact to your organization that defines a major donor. So these are your upper tier donors. A couple of ways to calculate it: you can you can look at their their total giving in a year. That's a great way of doing it. The other great way of doing it is their the size of their most recent or single largest gift. Okay, so one is sort of a cumulative giving. That's not an unusual cum giving, not an unusual total, but do it for annually. Don't do it for 12 months, do it for a calendar year. Or the other is what was the most recent or their single largest gift? Those are both very reasonable ways of doing it. Single largest gift or the size of the gift is a great indicator of capacity because I can, by giving you a monthly gift of $100, I might be a, a major donor to you, but I'm never going to have capacity to write you a big check, right? Mm. I've done it with frequency and a, and a nice amount coming in monthly. Where if I'm someone who can write you a $1,200 check, that's a different sense of capacity. Does that make sense, that, that yeah. distinction? Yeah. So so I, I typically like to think first about size of gift before I think about capacity. I mean, before I think about a cumulative situation, because size of gift allows you to figure out capacity. So once you do that, the, then then you begin to cultivate your relationships. You begin to 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 make sure these donors are well connected. They're inside the heartbeat of the organization. They know your DNA. They know what you're about. To whatever degree they'll let you. Many people are then logically are thinking, how do I find more of these people? I mean, right? 
I mean, yeah, it's like just go out to the major donor tree outside and yeah. pick a few <laughs> off. Yeah, right. Um, uh, you know, I I actually had the have had the experience of having a client um, want to do a major donor acquisition campaign where we we went out and against my better judgments and against my very wonderfully reasoned arguments uh we still went ahead and did the did the this the campaign for them um and it was it was a great experience because one of the things it proved was a couple of things one is it proved that the people who have extraordinary financial capacity often have no interest in giving philanthropically hmm. there is those aren't the same they are you know they're just not the same and so um we did several strategies for this client, everything from data mining to um, uh, uh, some lookalike kinds of modeling to uh, lookalike by data, not by, by facial recognition. Aww, we still, we, yeah, we did a lot of different things. One of the things we learned is this, we just proved that, that the, the, um, the dollars that the, the, the data people tell us that someone is worth or that they have done in other places is not the same thing as their capacity and most importantly, desire to give to the organization or to the cause. Well, so you're saying that the, the connection between this donor and the organization actually matters. You can't just show up and say, hey, I heard you're super rich. <laughs> Yeah. We we would like some of your money, please. Could we just get a little cut? I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's I, like a mafia shakedown. That's not a fundraising approach. And which ironically goes back to uh my 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 thing I showed of of having a connection. If you don't have a connection, it doesn't matter yeah. uh, how uber rich you are, uh you're not you're not going to want to give if they don't care about your mission. Exactly. So uh, one of the things that one of the things that I have uh, uh, we did we've done is um, where you look at uh, zip codes and the you know theoretical worth of donors by a wealth overlay a wealth overlay and it's just fascinating yes to some degree how many you know your cash coming in or your net worth or the available dollars you have does have some impact on your ability to give. I mean, I would love to give a million dollars to the organizations I love. I just don't have that. I mean, you know, you know, young gun like you, you've got that money laying around, but I don't. Of course. So, I, just, I just go out to the money tree. Yeah. It's right next to the major donor tree. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so the trick is to not seek. Uh, okay. So let me, let's go back. You mentioned wealth overlays, the, the data mining. Uh, one of the things you can do, is is and and this is this is fairly uh, a, a sophisticated strategy is to is to determine the the kinds of data because uh, you can you can go to a variety of, of firms and they can you know look at your database uh, look at your donors and they can tell you the theory of how much how many dollars these people are worth to you for giving right. So I've had a, that experience with several clients and I, my one request to our clients when they do that is just show me what mine says. Mm. Okay. Just tell me what it says about Steve Thomas. And it is hilarious. The things they miss and the things they think are mine that I have no relationship with. 
I mean, I, I would love to live the life that the data guys think I live, right? It would just be yeah. awesome. I'd have the Lambo out front um, instead, right. of, instead of the beat up Jeep. So um, uh, use that to some degree to, to give you boldness to ask, but don't bank on it because mm. all that is, is some data stuff. And we all know we lie to the Google every chance we get. People who have great resources and great wealth do a great job of hiding from people like the listeners of our podcast who might want to raise money from them. They, yeah. Some of them at the upper levels had this experience. They actually hire people to keep people like us from finding them <laughs> or ever talking to them. <laughs> Which is why you need a connection. Because if you have yeah. a connection, if they want to hear from you, all of a sudden you don't need the gatekeeper because they're inviting you in, whether metaphorically or yeah. you, know, you literally yeah. get to visit the estate. Yeah. So uh, what we always tell clients is your donors, the, the people who already love you are your best shot at acquiring major donors. Well, because but, but, but I don't, let's just say of my donors, I don't, I don't have a lot of major donors. Well, how, like, I just so, looked. I don't have a lot. You you don't you just checked. I, okay. I just, yeah, I just I'm checking. I hit F five. I refreshed. I ain't getting any more. <laughs> so, uh, what works time after time is a couple of different techniques. Um, one is to uh, uh, ask all your donors for uh, uh, for them just to do a little more. Find the right ask. Ask them to do a little more. People will, will, we say around our, our conference table, they'll raise their hand. When someone raises their hand diff, out of their pattern because you gave them a great ask, then that's the, the way to pursue and to check with them about why they love you and why they would have given a bigger gift. What, hmm. what went on? Often you will find they have far greater capacity than you imagined or They've just had a, a some sort of windfall or, or financial situation where suddenly they have a whole lot, whole lot more dollars than, and and they want you to have some of those. I've thought of so, you. Yeah. And so it is about, uh, you know, you and I was talking about blocking and tackling like in football, those fundamentals, those basics, same with, with major donors. If you tell your story as well, if you uh, uh, ask all donors, everyone, can, you know, in the right moment with the right ask, can you, can, could you do a little more? Here's the magic word you'll hear me say over and over again, because of this situation, the donors who raise their hands will, will blow you away. How many dollars are in your donor ba database you don't know about yet. Um, uh, a client told me a story a year ago where uh, uh, a donor uh, emailed him and said, hey, I'd love to get a, a tour of your ministry, uh, bringing my husband. Uh, turns out the, the wife was the driver in this relationship. The husband was there. Um, he, he, our client gave the tour. Uh, if, as I recall the story, they were never more than $100 or two a year kind of donor. I mean, not insignificant. Um, when they got through, the, 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 the donors did the whole, here's an envelope for you, thank you, we, we just appreciate what you're doing. It was, it was a mid five figures uh, uh, gift. So think about the jump from $100 mm -hmm. to that. They did that multiple years in a row because of 
not a major donor acquisition, not because of tricky data work, but because of consistent storytelling of the need and the building of the relationship. And what amounted to, even though they, they were, he was, the client was not face-to-face -face with these people, but the equivalent of a face-to-face, -face, here's the difference you're making in our community by giving to us. They were reading and believing and, mm. and we never quit on those people. So they came in with that mid five figures. We continue to treat them just like they had been treated. There was not, I mean, you know, we didn't suddenly, you know, send out a bunch of, uh, you know, they didn't start getting gift baskets because it's about changing lives with this client, not about buying the relationship. Mm -hmm. They continue to respond. And so in your donor base, if you have five donors or you have 5,000 or 50,000 donors, there are people there who have capacity to help you beyond what you believe. So pay attention to the focus, ask every now and then for a little bit more, ask for a stretch, ask for a reach, allow them to, 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 to raise their hand and pay attention to that. And uh, what I think makes that effective uh, specifically that ask for a little more strategy is in your database or if you're small in your excel spreadsheet i mean somehow you've got a record of what each person has given you and when even yep. if it's even if it's you know just in columns and rows and so when you ask for a little more it's more effective if you're basing that off their previous giving history. Great and point. Which on one hand will not necessarily dictate, because like we talked about, you may have a 25 or a $40 donor who can really become a five figure donor, but mm. to make that little more, even more effective across the board, because on one hand, when you do that, you want to find major donors, but even if you don't find a major donor, if people do just raise their hand a little bit, well, that was great because that impact, that ask went really well. You can structure your set of asks, you know, your one, two, three asks. It doesn't have to be seven or eight. That was in your example earlier. <laughs> based on, you know, okay, maybe the mid range can be the exact number of the gift you gave last time. And instead of having one be lower, uh, just have the lowest one of your three to choose from be their last gift and have one be a little higher. And then your highest one can sort of be that if you're a major donor, check this box yeah. and it can be way higher. And yeah. you never or, or give them a dollar sign blank and let them mm -hmm. pick their number. And let them write it in. And, yeah. But it, it can be done smartly and pretty easily. Or if, again, if, if you're small, if you're bootstrapping, you and I've worked with people who uh, didn't have fancy databases, which sometimes they're just as, uh, they're just a, as big a pain in the neck as they are helpful. So it's, it, and other, it's and not the always pains are, a bad other places. thing. Yeah. 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 It's not always a bad thing to not have a big database. Uh, even if it takes a lot of effort or eats in to your time or adds a little cost, you know, so, so eats into some ROI, just pick your spots. And if you normally have a piece or an impact or an email that is really effective, maybe look at applying this to that and leaving alone the ones that aren't as high, uh, aren't as big heavy hitters in your baseball lineup. Hmm. 
Great idea. But uh, so in, in short, uh, you're saying you probably already got some major donors. Yeah, absolutely. No question. And it can be hard to go out to the major donor tree and just find them. You, yep. Is once you have them again, this will be another topic because this is primarily on acquiring them, but let's just say between this episode and when we talk about major donors again, is there any way you should speak differently to a major donor once you've got them? Cause we want to uh, keep them. Yeah. Well, um, um, There are people who build careers around um, what I, uh, who will disagree with what I'm going to say. And I'm just going to say, uh, well, they're entitled to their opinion. Here's send, my thing. Send those opinions to podcast at no, Winnicity. At meat, meatloaf at Winnicity.com. <laughs> okay. So major donors are people just like your tiniest donor. Even if it's a foundation, the foundation is run by people. It's not, it's not an algorithm. So, so just as you connect with a $15 donor, your $15,000 or $150,000 donor is the same kind of person. Now, uh, that doesn't mean you have to you know, produce something that looks like a real estate prospectus or an IPO or a Bitcoin kind of thing or an NFT, you know, you young people are doing all that stuff. Anyway, that the goal is treat them, treat them like a person and you don't have to change drastically your approach or your strategy. They're driven by emotion. They're driven by uh, the desire to change the world. Uh, you know, you and I are using cats and elephants and for examples on this stuff for, for fixing an elephant's life, whatever the, whatever there, you know, is, is your mission, your purpose for the organization. That's what you need to convince a donor. Now uh, I, have, I have story after story of major donors who totally made huge financial decisions for giving driven by emotion. And there are people who will tell you at a certain level, people are no longer driven by emotion. And I just want to say over and over again, that's such bull. Donors are donors. The difference is how you support that ask. Some major donors, I, I've had situations where uh, uh, an, an appeal that, that we produced for a client the, the spouse said, hey, I, we're going to give to this. The husband says, okay, we're going to give to this. The business manager says, well, but are these people any good? And so th that's when sometimes there are, mm. there are people on the outside who ask questions about results and you know they want authentication and they want some of that kind of stuff. Okay, but don't get fooled into thinking you're designing a prospectus or an investment. That's not what this is about. This is about an emotional decision. Hear this thing. We will say this over and over again. Humans are not thinking machines. We are feeling machines that think. If you go for emotion without regard for the dollars, how big the gift is, you will be successful in fundraising because everyone wants the feeling of giving that gift. They want the emotional transaction because 
while $100,000 may be a big deal to you on the nonprofit side, if I'm able to give you a $100,000 gift, it can be an emotional decisions because that's probably not the only $100,000 I've got, right? Mm, so it's right, unless your widows might. Yeah, so, so you treat major donors exactly the same, except you, you do support a little bit more with some of the, the, the uh, evidences or, or and we, we should talk about how to use numbers and, and statistical evidence, uh, but another time. But, but the trick is stay with your emotionally loaded ask because that's what drives giving. Awesome. Did so, that good? No, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask to that kid what you were looking for. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, I I just checked. I don't have any more major donors in my in my bank, but I you know I'm sure it's coming. You know, the internet could be laggy. Dude, you're that a big ma- you're a big major donor. Good grief, I, <laughs> big bucks. I, I'm a big major donor to my kids' daycare. That's for sure. There, oh, there you go. <laughs> Whether I like it or not. So next, uh, moving away from major donors, and that that could almost be a a podcast in and of itself. Uh, yeah, you know, we may yeah. end up having that as a separate vertical. Um, but I want to segue into something that, again, is another big part of the conversations you and I had pre podcast PP mm. of, <laughs> uh, and we would always say. I didn't know if that was going to work and, and get you to get that through the straight face. That was really good. Um, this is something that we we would text back and forth or uh, say again back in the old days when we could get together. Say, hey, have you seen this? Uh, this ought to be on your radar. Have you looked at this? And so we're calling it on your radar unless we get hit with a with a copyright infringement. And I'll go first. Mine is not in this case, directly fundraising related. Uh, and this, this is usually going to be the segment. If there is a segment every week, that's not fundraising related, that isn't. And I, I read a really sticky article a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it was GQ about a group of UN uh, United Nations investigators who go after war criminals that haven't been brought to trial yet. And, uh, they were going after a guy who I don't think he's been brought to trial yet. So I need to, I think I need to say allegedly had been funding the majority of the Rwandan genocide Ooh, and wow. had escaped, you know, fake documents, um, easy to kind of get across the border. But he was one of the people who, when they were trying everybody and bringing them to justice had escaped that uh, they couldn't find him. And so there's a group of people whose job it is to go after uh, these specific level of people who have then also escaped justice, that, that, that joint qualification. And uh, the tools they're using, you know, this is real life, so this isn't a Netflix show. And so they, mm. they don't have, you know, they can't instantly hack his phone and figure out his GPS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... And, you know, and, and, and they're not well funded. And so, you know, this is true shoe leather. If you read detective novels kind mm. of work and pawing through, uh, 
at one point they're going through airline rosters to try to see where the people in his family are flying and building patterns, wow. and, you know, almost wow. like migratory birds. And it just stuck with me. And uh, I could sort of apply it to fundraising in that it was sticky and it was a sticky narrative. And by mm. keeping it in a story that mm. it could have just been an article saying, Hey, um, this guy fund, he funded the Rwandan genocide. He escaped justice. He's now been brought to justice. I, I probably would have read it cause that would have been an interesting headline, but I wouldn't have thought much more about it after the fact, but because you told it to me in a story, I, I, outside of this podcast, I've told two or three people about it. And I forwarded mm. the article around because I, I was riveted. I mean, it was a, it was a literal, I guess I'd say a page turner, but I guess it was a screen scroller because uh, I was doing it on my iPad. And uh, injecting story, uh, we'll talk about that a lot into anything you're doing, whether it's as mundane as a thank you, a validation piece or asks, or even just stuff on your website that doesn't have an ask component to it. Like we said, people give to people. And if you can inject a story into everything you're doing, it'll connect. And yeah. Uh, hopefully it's less dark than funding genocide, but uh, inject, yeah. inject a story into what you're doing. That's so what, beautiful. What cookbook are, are you know, going to be on, on everybody's radar at this point? I, I'm not even going to, I can't even touch that. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for next time. That was awesome. so good. Circle gets yeah. the square. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. No whammies. No whammies, no whammies. Well, this has been episode two of not wow, your father's That's fundraising podcast. Yeah, we've done two. We'll see if we get shut down before episode three comes out. Uh, but next week, tune in if they let us stay around and we'll discuss how singing telegrams can fit into your donor acquisition funnel. With gorillas or not gorillas? With gorillas. With gorillas. With gorillas. Awesome. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. Remember, send all your positive reviews and uh, feedback to podcast at onecity.com and give a five-star review to anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.